Detroit Today. I'm Shana Roth. And I'm Jake Neer. We're sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. And Jake, you and I recently had the opportunity to speak with Malcolm Gladwell. Mm -hmm. He is a noted author and journalist whose podcast, Revisionist History, it takes a look at the misunderstood and overlooked people, events, and ideas of the past. He's a personal favorite of yours and mine. He's also the author of best-selling books such as Outliers and Blink. We caught up with Gladwell at Oakland University. He was there for a discussion and Q&A with students. He tells us he's been researching the topic that we've been discussing this hour, marijuana. Well, it's funny because I'm just in the middle of writing something about the legalization of marijuana. So I know a great, I, well, I don't know a great deal. I've been, I'm, I'm interested in this. I am, uh, to my mind, the, the important issue is not the economic one. It is the, uh, it is the psychological and medical uh, one. Um, that uh, the research seems pretty clear that high, the kind of marijuana that's being sold now, which has levels of THC that are seven or eight times higher than historically, has some quite serious side effects, not all of which we understand. Um, and the idea of, of having the general public consume what is an extraordinarily powerful drug uh, that we don't fully understand is quite terrifying to my mind. Um, we don't, we know there's an association with, uh, s- there are some serious psychiatric side effects uh, that are known, which people seem to be very blase about. We don't know whether marijuana is either a gateway to opioid use or the opposite. There's evidence on both sides, which we'd sort of like to know before we um, legalize it. And lastly, we don't know the association with crime. Um, it is a powerful intoxicant. And we know from alcohol that intoxicants are not a good thing when it comes to... So I, I think those people are in way too much of a hurry uh, and, and that we have confused two things, decriminalization, which is a very good idea, and legalization, which is, to my mind, an, an unproven idea. I think it's fine to back up. We shouldn't be locking people up but we should not be racing to make this available. How do you do the decriminalization without making it legal? Is it just you make it a less um, d- uh, offensive crime as far as punishment? Or how, I guess, how, how does that work? Uh, good question. Uh, I think it works that you, you have law enforcement show some discretion. Um, that you know, if someone is smoking uh, dope on the street corner, and you're a police officer, you come up to them and you take their dope away, but you don't haul them off into prison. Um, or if you find someone who is dealing it, you, there, might, there should be some way of, of uh, discouraging the dealing without putting the person behind bars. Maybe it's fines, maybe it's, you know, there, I, there's all kinds of, there are, there, it just calls for, I think, a little bit of subtlety and an appreciation that this is not something that we want to turn into, it's not like killing somebody, but it's also should not be a reason for us to exercise the full weight of the law. In, in your um, experience in history and the way that we understand history, something that proponents of marijuana legalization talk about a lot is the very racist beginnings of marijuana prohibition in the first place, mm-hmm. that, you know, this should never have been illegal in the first place. What is your reaction to that? Well, uh... I don't know. I'm not so sure. Uh, uh, it, I'm more, first of all, I don't know whether the historical record is a useful guide to what we should be doing now, because as I said before, the crucial fact that people aren't 
talking about is that the, when we talk about marijuana today, it bears zero relationship to the marijuana that has been used historically in the United States. No relationship. It is a completely different drug. Um, so uh, for me to say that I, marijuana that has THC concentrations of 20%, for me to say I don't have no interest in that being legalized, has nothing in common with the movement to, to ban it 50 years ago or 100 years ago when the THC levels may have been less than 1%. Um, so it's like, uh, uh, normally I'm the biggest person to say history should be a guide. In this case, like, it's a different story because this is a whole new scary thing. And by the way, in many of the ways people use marijuana now, the THC levels are even higher than 20%. I'm sorry, this is just crazy. It's totally crazy. When it comes to your podcast and the idea of revisionist history in the first place, when I listen to it, a lot of the times I have this image in my mind of you with sort of a hammer and a chisel sort of chipping away at a mountain, right? <laughs> and the, the fact that, uh, I mean, I, I'm just curious how you think of something as simple as your thoughts of how a McDonald's french fry used to taste and sort of the emotional feelings that you have around that or um, something even a little bit bigger, bigger piece that you chip off about the lingering racism in the American education system. How does that fit into sort of that, that bigger question, right? The, the, our, our collective understanding of history. Well, I mean, I, I think that the, often the best way to get people to grasp a big idea is to sell them on a little idea. So, it's, you mentioned the McDonald's French fry story. Um, that's a, I have a feeling you get asked about that one a lot. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little idea, and it's a fun idea, but it's a way to get people to think about um, how history doesn't proceed along straight, logical, common sense lines, that people make mistakes, that make decisions that have lasting consequences that um, we're not fully aware of. So what, really what I'm trying to do with revisionist history is to use a variety of stories to get people to be a little more introspective about the path that history takes and skeptical about the path that history takes. That's really what this show's about. It's just don't take the way the world is now for granted or assume that there's some master plan. It's human beings make history and they make, they do crazy things sometimes and it's useful to go back and remind ourselves of that fact. Uh, bouncing off of the revisionist history idea, is there anything either in Michigan, recent history, or the Midwest that you think deserves some sort of a revisionist history look? I mean, you know, the big things in our uh, lexicon right now, Flint water crisis, uh, uh, Larry Nasser, but other things. Is there anything that you think at some point you might do a revisionist history episode on? Oh, wow. Uh, Not to put so you on the spot or anything. No, no, so many things. I mean, you mentioned... I mean, if I was to go back a little bit, I would say, I still think the bailout of GM was super interesting. The fact that there were people in positions of authority in Congress who thought that was a bad idea and nearly got their way, which have, would have had catastrophic consequences. Um, that's super interesting that we could have been so, I don't know where we were, well, what people were thinking at that time. The other thing, the, the Flint water crisis, I think that when 50 years from now, when we look back on the mistakes that we made in this era, the public and the, and the political community's willingness to tolerate lead poisoning as a systemic social ill will strike us as being horrifying. I mean, this is a truly, the fact that we stood by and let people be poisoned when the 
when the, the cost of fixing that problem is simply in the grand scheme of things, not that big. It's not like, you know, do you know what the cost estimates for restoring Puerto Rico to health after the, after the hurricane are? The, Puerto Rico is a country of three million people and we figure to get Puerto Rico back on its feet will cost $150 billion, right? We are systematically poisoning thousands of low-income people around, more than that, tens of thousands of low-income people around this country. And we could fix that problem for a, what is in Washington terms, chump change. Um, and I, why we haven't done that and don't, aren't, aren't acting, and when, when we know the health consequences of lead poisoning are absolutely clear, um, is just beyond me. That was Malcolm Gladwell, best-selling author and journalist, host of the popular podcast Revisionist History. You can hear season three of Revisionist History now wherever you get your podcasts or at revisionisthistory.com. Stephen will be back on Detroit Today tomorrow for our live tape conversation about education in Detroit and the cost of moving schools. You don't want to miss that. I'm Jake Neer. I'm Shana Roth. And thank you for joining us on Detroit Today. This is WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.